And even when I was 68 last year or 67 the year before, love is a perfect emotion. It's unconditional. However, if you allow your mind, your thoughts, your thoughts to color or change that perfect emotion, uh, that's what occurs when you, I, I think we confuse, I have, I can't speak for anyone else. I feel that I possibly could have, as a matter of fact, I believe I, that I do know that I allowed judgments, what I thought should be one way or the other, to run through my mind and in my mind initially change what I thought was love that I felt for a certain individual, for example. That love has always been there, is always going to be there, no matter what. But whatever occurs and whatever thoughts we have due to the programming we've received as children, through religion, institutions like schools, the media, your, your, your friends when you're a teenager, um, I think that can color your belief or change your mind about what you think love is. But I think love is a perfect emotion. All right, so... And, and, my, and my mind has gotten in way of recognizing that 100% all the time, but I'm doing better at that, so much better. Let me just make sure that we're all together on this. What Miss uh, Irene is saying, if I heard her, and I was listening very carefully, she is stating that love is an emotion, very similar to what Debbie is saying about the fact that it is an emotion. But the difference between the two of them is that Irene is saying that love itself is like the highest or the perfect, it's a perfection of emotion. It's a perfect emotion. You know, the, the image that comes to my mind is like a fully blossomed, beautiful rose flower, like a like an absolutely fantastic flower that is that is just so blossomed and fresh, so, something like that. That image just popped into uh, into my mind as you were saying that. That idea that love is a perfect emotion, this idea is different from what Debbie is saying in some ways. What she's saying is that love is something that comes and goes, and we, and we can somehow, through some kind of approach, practice, our effort, our will, we can try to expand it further. Maybe, Debbie, you can elaborate on that. Are you saying that you can expand it further to the point where that perfection comes about by effort? Are you saying that? Well, maybe I didn't put it as well as Irene did, but I, I also do agree with what she said. It is kind of a, a perfect emotion, but we get... You know, you go through the course of the day and some other thoughts may distort that love. See, so, okay, so to even say that love is a perfect emotion, that's that sentence. To even make such a statement, I, I think I will just share this with you. I, I think to even make such a statement is only possible if there is some touch of that perfection somewhere in Irene's life. Otherwise, how can she make that statement? Otherwise, you can make it as a philosophical statement that I believe that there is a perfect emotion like love, like Plato did. You know, he talked about the forms and all that. You can have a belief or some idea about it. But but I, as I was hearing her, it seems to me, Irene, maybe you can touch on this and others, please do chime in. 
that that there is some touch of that. And I'm I'm hesitant to use the word experience, because the word experience has so much to do with our senses. But you know, so we can use the word experience. I, I experience the perfection. We can use that word. We may not have a better word, but it seems like that there is some touch of that love or connection of that love. And from that connection, Irene, you verbalized linguistically the two words, perf- perfect emotion. Do you see what I'm trying to say, Irene? I do. Okay. All right. So I don't know if you want to make any follow-up on this. Well, I, I believe that the higher source, whatever you want to call it, love for each of us is unconditional <laughs> and perfect, mm-hmm. no matter what. And then as we grow in life, as we mature, as we have experiences, as we meet other people and and even members of our own family that perhaps their behavior impacts us in a way that's very painful, that's very shocking. Right. Um, Right. It's easy to begin. It's easy to pass judgment and and think, oh, I no longer love that individual, for example. Exactly. But that's but that's not the case, really. That love is always going to be there. What I what I, I I love that individual's heart. I don't love their behavior. I don't love what they've done. I don't love the way they have behaved. And that takes a certain level of processing and maturity, and and just really looking deep into your into your heart to figure it all out. Uh, or to or to be able to understand that and to accept that. Okay, That's so yeah, yes. And, did I did I answer your question? No, 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 no. I wasn't really even asking a question. I was just asking if you wanted to reflect. My and yes, you have certainly shown from your experience that there is there is something that is love that is expressing itself. But then, but she also, Miss Miss Irene, talked about three or four other connected points. I'll just mention them to you. She talked about the conditioning process. When we are born, her opinion or perspective, or maybe her own evolution is such, that we are born without any kind of negative phenomena within us. We're born innocent. But the culture, society, uh, conditioning process, it, it's, it's, it's such that it is something that we imbibe from the society, families, races, etc., from from the outside, but it it sounds like what she's saying that there is a core that never ever goes away, that is always just present, that is just always there. Um, I don't know what other people think about this. Uh, Miss Lori is uh, her her camera is on, and please anybody, uh, please turn your camera on and do join us in this. I mean, is love existing as a core, the essence of who we are. See, if I was to ask the question, who am I? I said, this body is there, then there's a mind and there's thoughts and feelings, but then there's desires and energy and all that stuff is there. But is there, is love something even deeper than all of that? That is awaiting discovery. Right, so I'll, I'll put the question that way based on what Irene just said and even what Debbie was saying. We just have two people have spoken so far. Is love a discovery rather than a belief? I can believe I have love within me or love is outside or love is everywhere, but that's a belief. Is that, is that, is that different from a discovery? This discovering it in my mind is, is very different from the belief that it's there. 
I, I would love to hear, but I know you, everyone is listening carefully. So and if you don't want to say anything, it's perfectly okay. Listening may be even more <laughs> important than even talking in something like this. But, but we do need to talk a little bit, you know, but otherwise we'll not be able to, to really make that much progress. Uh, so who's next? Who wants, who, who wants to say something about this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anything perfect. You just say naturally what's with, with you. Don't think about it too much. So this is Mary Kay. Hello, um, Miss Mary Kay. Good evening hey. to you. Well, you know, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I was thinking, you know, that just the concept of love, you know, we get that as children and we may believe our parents love us. But, you know, if you grow up in a home where people are not very emotionally expressive, you have the belief, but not necessarily evoking the feeling of it by expression, right. you know, by expressing it, that warmth that comes through it. So there's, you know, there's our perception of what we believe love to be, but also there's an experience. Like I had a really interesting experience here. My sister flew out a couple of years ago when I first moved up to Delaware and she brought me a blanket that she had quilted for me. And my birthday's on Valentine's day. So it had lots of hearts and things on it. And that night I took it to bed with me. And I remember right before I fell asleep that, I mean, she's my youngest sister. We love each other dearly. But it's like I could actually physically feel my heart warmed up. Like I felt love, you know, through that. It's crazy, but I felt love through that blanket when I put it on me. I mean, I would just, I know it wasn't the blanket necessarily that was radiating. It was my heart resonating to it, you know, inside my body. And I thought it was just, it was a really different way of feeling love. I mean, it just felt so warm and, and I wanted to stay there. Like for a couple of days afterwards, I go get that blanket out thinking it was just about the blanket and it really wasn't. It was about what I was thinking and feeling as I was dozing off to sleep. So I, I want to stay with that last statement of yours. It was what I was thinking and feeling as I dozed off to sleep. Let's just stay with that. I request the whole group to really hone in on that powerful statement. As, as I heard that, that kind of really, that just kind of hit me really hard there. You know, simply because, see, I'll share my, some thoughts about this on my, uh, with you and then I'd love to hear from all of you. As I was thinking and feeling, as I, you know, what I was thinking, there's certain thinking is going on, certain feeling is going on, and then there's this entering into a sleep state three phenomena she's describing and in doing so she's it looks like a space that is opening up that we're calling love so there now is this flood there is this this tremendous reality of love that is it seems to be just available it's just engulfs the person uh, um mary Kay, is that what you were saying something like that where did she go yeah, something, you know, yes. yeah, very close yes. to like that. Because I know like my daughter, when she was little, used to cling to her blankie that my grandmother had made her, you know. Yeah. And I always used to think it was just like this kind of like a, attachment that she had to the blanket. Now I find myself wondering, I wonder if she was feeling that when she had that blanket around, you know. It was such a, mm. it was such a warm, comforting feeling. All right. So that sounds like, please, other people, please do come come into this, you know. I'm just uh, just trying to keep everyone uh, connected here. What would the, it, it, it seems like what she's saying is, is that there is a possibility of somehow resetting our mind and our thinking and our feeling and our and our perceptions 
some kind of a reset, almost like a telescope that is focusing, you know, like or like a microscope that is uh, that is uh, that is focusing the fine tuning and gross tuning and all that kind of stuff, that allows us to touch and see that dimension. What do you say about this? What what do others say about this? If anybody wants to talk, please unmute yourself, and uh, and and please do share. So. Well, see, that does kind of back up what I was saying. Love is a good feeling. Yes. Yeah, so, so love is a good feeling, but okay, but uh, Debbie, is it so that love is just a feeling, or is it so that somehow our feelings are are modified, changed somehow, so that love begins to show itself? It, it's. There's a difference in, in both of those. I may be feeling a certain emotion, but that emotion is going to revolve. That emotion is not a static emotion. That emotion is going to come and go and change into some other emotion. This is the nature of our experience, is it not? I, I don't believe any emotion is just consistently there. I don't think that, that is the case. Uh, I mean, is that anybody's experience that there are people may have long periods of, 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 uh, of great affection or long periods of silence or sometimes people are really angry for like long periods of time, but eventually it subsides. And if it doesn't subside, it will lead to a serious psychiatric condition. So, so, so emotion, it, it's, it's a flux, but is love something that is, that is, accessible if that flux begins to stabilize see the question here based on everything three or four people have stated so far i'm putting the question to you this way <laughs> please look at it take your time with it there's no rush we want to go slowly carefully to examine you see the question right i want to make sure everyone is clear about the current question is love accessible to us when the flux, the agitation, the, the, uh, the back and forth of, of the mental process, emotional process, when that somehow becomes stable or steady or purified, whatever you want to call it, call it, I don't know, you can call it anything you want, but something has to be done to what is going on in our life now, it seems like for us to have access to something greater. What do you say about this? Miss Milu, what do you say about this? Good to see you. Good evening. Good evening. Hi, Please everyone. do share. Please do share. Um, happy spring day, first day of spring. Please speak up a little bit more, please, Miss Milu. Yeah. I was just saying happy first day of spring to everyone. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I do believe um, what everybody's saying makes perfect sense. And that's so to... To me, I believe we all have love, okay, um, everybody, but sometimes with uh, different minds and thoughts and everything, it goes, kind of comes, gets in the way of loving everybody. And that's where, when you have control of your emotions and, um, you know, any type of negative or whatever could be, basically. But you have control of those emotions and can and then love can actually shine 
above that for everybody. Okay, so what she's saying there is that emotion is something that should be controlled, can be controlled, somehow stabilized. Another word might be to deliberately stabilize. Deliberate action is needed to stabilize the flux, the, the agitations, the, 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 the distortions and whatnot. You know, that, that, that kind of thing she's talking about, looks like. Is that correct, Ms. Bilu? Yeah, yeah. And what you're saying is that if, if we do that, if we make effort towards that, she's talking about effort now, if we make effort towards that, then at some point, we will have access to that universal love for everyone. Yes, exactly. That's what I think she's making that point, that there, or, or she's at least presenting that, that, that possibility in front of us, that somehow by making efforts of different kinds, we can, we can deliberately try to uh, um, bring the mind under our control, bring it under, uh, uh, into our purview. It's like that self-mastery idea that I'm the master of the mind. I'm the controller of the mind. You know, so this is, another, this is another approach that people have taken. So many saints and sages and spiritual and meditative people have taken this approach to try to control the mind, uh, control the internal uh, the, the, the multitude of things that are going on within. Right, Ms. Milu, you want to say something more about that? I said internal disturbances, you're kind of making your internal disturbances, stabilizing those. Yes. So and love can shine beyond um, you know, your mind. All right, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask a further question based on her last couple of statements. The next, the further question here, if we, if we use the word disturbance, that would indicate something that is being disturbed, which would also indicate that whatever that thing is that is being disturbed, we can just use the word mind as we're using then that same phenomena, that same substance can be non-disturbed. So I'll give you an analogy of a pond. If you have a pond that is ex totally still, there's no wind, there's no, there's no mud in the pond, there's nothing. It, it is like a, just a beautiful still pond. But if you throw one pebble in there from, the, from uh, you know, 30, 40 feet up, it's going to have a rippling effect all the way in that pond. Every atom in that in that pond is going to be moving a little bit more. So disturbance implies something that is being disturbed. See our language. Our language is a great teacher also. When we use the word disturbance, it implies something that is being disturbed, which also implies that that whatever that thing is, the, the reality of it, the substance of it, can come to a state of total non-disturbance, at least in theory. Possibly, we don't know. I hope, I, don't, I hope that wasn't too deep. I, please ask me about it if that wasn't clear at all. I'm just using what Milu stated and I'm taking it just a bit further. Because if we use the word disturbance, who is it that is disturbed, first of all? This is a common word used by everyone. I feel disturbed, I feel agitated, I feel this or I feel that. You know, but, and we don't like the feeling. We don't want to be disturbed. We certainly don't want the, 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 the agitations and the problems in the body to even occur because of that. But that's what's happening. Dr. Chetna has extensively talked about that. 
So when we are using the word disturbance, now I'm asking, what is the relationship between disturbance and love? Padma, Miss Padma, would you want to say something? Uh, good evening to you. Please unmute. You'll have to unmute if you want to speak, please. Good evening. Uh, I just want to combine the accessibility and the disturbance both. Accessibility to love for everyone and each person is different. If we are talking about in a broad way, not to about a single person, each person approach to love is different and the accessibility of love for them is different. If someone who doesn't have good accessibility to the love, if any disturbance happens in their life, it's difficult to get that. That is a sensitive thing. It's difficult to get that sensitivity. They don't believe anybody in their life. It's very hard to get them to it's a slow process. You have to teach them, approach them. First, you have to give the accessibility to the love, even though they are not accepting the love. I see. Very interesting. The, dis the disturbance will take, even though the disturbance is there, they start dealing with the disturbance. Because from the beginning, they don't have accessibility to the love. Okay, and so, the other thing, yeah, the, uh, uh, can I just ask you a quick question? When you say accessibility to love, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? When you say accessibility, from your perspective or your own experience, how is that uh, that accessibility to occur? What does that right, mean to you? Right now, it came in my mind just for thinking about a child living in a family, child who is not living with a family, parents or anybody. That is the only thing it came in mind while explaining about this accessibility of the love. Okay. And the discovery and belief of the love. Is love, is, is love belief or is love a discovery? It's both. It's both. It's both. It's both. So, so, so she's saying love is a discovery and it's a belief. And yeah. she, right? Okay. Very, very... Only Okay. When you get happy things only, you think that is a, you feel it's a discovery thing. You discovered in that moment only you feel. Would you say that that discovery is only possible or, or it becomes possible with the belief that there is love? Yes. Right? It's so, always there. Like, like you are thinking about God only. Whenever the bad happens, you think about God he is not helping. When the good is happening, whatever the happy moments happening, you never think about the God in the first. You give the preference last only. <laughs> the same thing like love also. Discovery and belief both are there. The way we approach it or the situation we are in, it comes out like that. So so the last statement, she, she, she said the way we approach it based on situation, circumstance, who we're around, that's how it expresses. That you know, so so so, are you saying that the expression varies from situation to situation, or are you saying that the that the love is the same, but the but the amount of expression varies? Uh, 
expression is a different thing again accessibility of love like that only some people can express it some people can't they don't express it clearly ah so so again the expression again we have a new word here the expression the word expression again refers to some phenomena that we're calling love that is manifesting showing itself like a like electricity expressing itself through a light bulb electricity expressing itself through the computer right now electricity expressing itself through a fan now a light bulb a fan and a computer and uh, and a printer are completely different and they're different but but the but the what is running them the energy is only one so the expressions are different so are we saying that whatever love may be it is actually it is a singular uncontaminated pure undiluted reality that takes on different expressions is that what padma and others are saying miss irene irene do you want to say something somebody else who hasn't spoken please yeah. Yeah, uh, I I I think so. I think Maria has her hand up. Please um, uh please go ahead. Uh who is it that wants to speak? Yeah, uh, just unmute and speak please. You don't need to put the hand up because I may not see it. That's why but I do see it on here. Um I I Pratap, yes, a uh, good evening to you sir. Please go ahead. I would share my understanding is that love the real love has no opposites. the real love is only one directional from you to the others that's how i feel what happens is that when we are living based on the mind derived sense of pratap that means i am this body and this mind is me and it's a totally mind based identity so i'm living in the mind so what happens is that when i is there it wants to be loved so it changes the direction of love from the others to the me so the me becomes the kind of an obstacle and why i'm saying that is that if you notice whenever there is a spontaneous love happens then there is a absence of me is felt me is not present so the one that loves and one that is being loved are one existence only because there is no me so me it makes the whole direction of the love changed it to the direction if we can see that because it is very fact based thing there is no belief or anything that is needed this love has no opposite so it has to be kind of a, you can say discovered that it is not based on the mind mind always has the pairs of opposite and it always wants to just draw it towards you even if we love somebody who fall in love with the you know the young people fall in love with each other underneath there is something that is in there is a me for which that happen but true love happens when you see there is no me the me just drops in the moment me lot of time we see that me drops when we are watching a very interesting story on the tv or beautiful scenario 
sunset or sunrise, all of a sudden there is a joy. There is nobody that enjoy, is in joy, just joy only. So every time God has made this thing, that every time the me drops away, then it becomes only one directional from you to the other. I have That's a question. A so this is a very and he, Mr. Bhatt has said. Uh, uh, Pratap has talked about this idea many, many times. I just have a follow up uh, with you, uh, Pratap, on this. Do you believe or do you feel? Again, I have to just watch the language that I'm using because I want to be careful with that. Are you saying that love could be present? This love that you're describing beyond the pairs of opposites that that it's once discovered that it that it just abides it just remains it's different from what what debbie was saying that it, it comes and goes it's an emotion that comes and goes like this yeah. uh, i think that's very very different from from what from what she's saying you know what you're saying is very different from what she's saying she's bringing love into the emotional emotional realm what you're saying is that it's not within that emotional realm it's way beyond that and it actually, as you said before, it descends on the emotional. Or it, it, real. So, no uh, opposites. Oh, so if it doesn't have opposites, are you saying that, that such a life is possible? That a person can just be in that constantly? Is, is, that, is, that, is that what you're saying? I'm saying that there, there, are, there are a sense of the life like love, beauty, peace, joy. They have no opposites, but what happens is that when we live in the world of the mind only, then there are, then why, what happens is that if I am, a, a, a want, I, I want to be loved, then I look for love in the mind only. Right. In, in the mind, yeah. when I look for the love, it's a conditional love based on that. So that even if somebody loves me, it's splitting because it's a mind based. So that's, that, that is my experience. So every time this love is, is descending on us, and then if I don't live in the world of the mind as me, and there are so many proofs that the me drops away a lot of time. And then the love is love, peace, joy, already available because they are just waiting for us. So, okay, hold, hold that thought just, just for a moment. I just want to make sure we, a whole group has an opportunity to reflect on what everybody has said, including Mr. Pratap there, because this is a very pivotal point here, that if the me drops, and again, we haven't, I haven't used the word ego or the me in our dialogues yet, but it's, but it's all there. The dialogue has everything there. That's the power of this. When we are using the word me, who am I? Pratap, when you're using that word me, I would just ask you to spend just two minutes, if you would, would please, explaining from, or, or, or to kind of illustrate or describe what you mean by that word me as ah, opposed to love. Very important because see, all our life, we grow up from childhood to wherever we are by listening to what people have said what we have read, what we understand, uh, uh, think of ourselves to be, what is our belief, what is our religion, what is our nationality, all of these are conditioned in the mind, right? The mind is full of the memory of this religion, uh, nationalities, and the genders, and all of those things that I grew up with is in the mind. So what happens is that 
a sense of pratap which is also from the mind thought thought arises and it says i am this mind okay i am this mind that's how i limit myself to that particular mind and the body and so that is called the me it separates you from the rest of the existence all right hold that thought for a moment that's so it's, so his last statement there whatever is the me which which in my mind that is a psychological sense of the me that me is is a dividing factor me versus you versus this person versus that person so this is a big thing to get into but to to kind of just have everyone and give everyone an opportunity to just reflect on this you know when there's conflict as i'm listening to pratap and others when there is co- conflict going on even if there is nobody with us but we remember something about somebody or some situation and the conflict sparks inside the mind it happens to us it's it's happened to all of us you know without a doubt i can almost guarantee it's happened to all of us right something we start thinking about it could be 10 20 years ago and that was still bothering us at that time still but it would bring it back up and the and the conflict begins and then all the and all kinds of stuff happens there so the me versus the you is are is uh, uh, is pratap saying or others saying the me versus the you is where the dimension of love is cut off it doesn't matter who's right or wrong it's not even the me versus the you is it just absolutely blocks covers the the entire dimension of love and something different is there which is just energy and mind and and thought and and all of this kind of stuff is there is that what is going on i'm just putting it as a question what's one, one clarification yes is that this this me are is in the mind versus all others also in the same mind yes versus all others uh, yes. more of a problem than to see other other outside they are just the body mind just this is the body mind right. but it becomes me my reality that is the problem so yes. my image about me is the problem all right okay that's very very profound miss miss irene please go ahead yeah and and i think it's also sachin it's sometimes the me the person versus their own memory yes if they cannot let go of the past um and focus on the moment yes yes exactly it really exactly. really makes it difficult it's not always another person or or an institution it can be your own memory yes that if you if 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 you're battling that memory no matter how old you get uh you go back into that and you're not present and you keep reliving and reliving and reliving and reliving whatever you believe to be that event or right. or situation or wrong that someone's done to you exactly i don't know if that makes sense so oh, it it does and it's fact, not always yes. a person it can be your own mind your own memory yeah. that you just dwell on this stuff and and it can just erode at that feeling of love and joy and happiness that we really are intended to have every moment very nice beautiful so it becomes so, a person your memory becomes the person right yes so That's we are at 7:54 p.m. right now 
I think we may, you know, maybe in the after maybe maybe next month we'll have to go until maybe eight thirty or something like that, you know, because there's so much because we kind of are just catching steam now, you know, kind of this engine is going on. So let's do this. Um, but I would just like to have a go around. Just please make up some final comments, and then we'll wrap up with Dr. Chetna making her final closing statement. So I'm just going to call on different people. If you want to, please speak. Please do so. And once again, from uh, from the Angel Wing program, really thank you for spending your valuable time in this. This is really quite quite a journey that we are beginning to take here. So let's begin with Miss Debbie. Uh, we started with Miss Debbie, so let's we'll, uh, we'll begin with her again. Miss Debbie, just some uh, some uh, uh, closing comments for today's dialogue. Um, I don't think I have much. I'm just, are we saying, I thought I had it clear before, the mind is me? Okay, so, yes, so, so the cycle, what Pratap is saying, is that what, what we consider to be the me, that is, yes, so, so that is the sense of the, what, the, of the mental phenomena, the mental process that's me. But, and is that different from the ego? No, no, no that is, the, the, so psychologically the ego is that. This is, it's a sense of me versus my mind versus your mind versus somebody else's mind, my likes, your likes, this, I, all that differ, differentiation. What he's saying is that beyond that sense of differentiation, there is just a one undifferentiated, uh, uh, impersonal uh, reality that, that exists. And, 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 and we get sometimes that opens up inside our mind. Like when we see a sunset or a sunrise or, or a beautiful flower or hear some piece of music or, or you're singing some devotional song or something like that. It's, it, there are glimpses of this where this opens up. I believe that's the kind of thing he was trying to say. Or me drops off. Yeah, the, right. The, the me just seems to vanish for a little while. It's, it's, it's a quite mysterious phenomena, actually. Very interesting. And there's a lot of religious language, which we, Chetna, we need three, four hours for this stuff. We can't do this in one hour. <laughs> anyway, all right, anyway. Uh, Miss uh, Irene, go ahead, please. I am going to pass my time. Thank you so much to Thank someone you. else that hasn't spoken. Okay. It's been lovely. Thank you. God bless. Thank you very much. Miss uh, Lori, please go ahead. Um, well... So I, I was uh, think, thinking back and looking at the love as being perfect. My perfect love is, is the God that I follow and the, and the God that um, helps me have perfect love. But then, I re then you started talking about the me and I got a little confused. But I think I understand now um, um, what the thoughts were behind that is... is for me is um, that there's always perfect love, but when your mind gets in the way, your mind, me, the me gets in the way, then that perfect love gets distorted or, or right. something to that effect. Something to that effect. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you very much, uh, Miss Lori. Uh, Miss Padma, please go ahead. Uh, I would like to know, are we going to discuss about me and you or me and mine? We will, but we'll have to do it later on. <laughs> no, no, the current discussion. Oh, uh, the, so if you want, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, so uh, me... No, 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 no. Miss, I, I thought Mr. Pratap talked about me and mine, I guess, but you are telling it as me and you. 
Okay, so so that's another that distinction. That is the confusion for everyone. That okay, is, okay. That so, is the confusion. Right. So so there is me versus you, and then there is me and mine. Right. So she, she she's saying. So for example, if I have this pen, this stylus, I can say this is my stylus. It's a possessing capacity. This is mine. Now. So, so they're two they're related but these are two different things actually in in some sense it's a we need more time to really go into that but me and the and mine me is that sense of me as a separate individual from others that's our body consciousness our sense of that i'm this this body but i'm not that body that's our me versus another okay so there is just a functional aspect to that but then but then if we go further there's a sense that this is mine that okay and, and we have to live that way too because this, this is my house this is my computer this is my phone this is my shirt this is, so this is mine okay but the problem comes in if i hear many of you correctly in this and i just share my thoughts about this also that that we cannot this is just my perspective or this person's perspective that love is not something that the me can grasp and this is the problem throughout humanity we are trying to grasp something that is beyond the mind put it within this limited framework of the me and the mind and then that creates a tr tremendous mess in the world creates a lot of division and conflict it's happened and there's uh, thousands of examples which i could give you but i don't but we don't have time just to say padma one more time there can mind without the me right there cannot be the mind without the me that's what he said so, 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 so the me has a purpose in life. You know, just look at where you're sitting right now. You're staying in your house. Constantly in our mind, there's a sense, this is my house. This is my, now we're not saying that consciously. We have that sense of that. So there's a, because that's the conditioning process. That's the way civilization is developed. But the fact of the matter is that if we're saying love, it, how can love come into the, the limited sense of the me? See, even our expression, I love you, see this expression, I love you. This expression, this is my perspective now, is trying to grasp, lo grab love into the I and says, I'm going to express it to you because it's, that's, that's, that's me that is expressing. That's versus, there's a different expression. Listen to this, we find this interesting. That there is love without boundary. Within which, within which we both exist. Now the I and the you are gone. See, there is love without boundary within which everything exists. But if we say that even like partners, we, we exist within that love. See, this, if we, the, see, the language also creates, if I say I love you, there's I and you and love in the middle somewhere. Both are trying to pull at that love. I just want to add to what you said, Sachin. Yes. To clarify it, is me, is that I am not saying that the mind is a pro mind is a problem or a body is a problem. There are minds, different minds. There are different bodies. That's not a problem. But when we give reality to ourselves, my identity is based on mind. My mind is me. Because that is also equally a thought. Right. So this thought has taken really a real, then I fight with the mind to control the mind 
and to do this or to love or to not love. Only when there is separation, then there is a possibility of loving or not loving. So right. that's what the problem is, the sense of me derived from the mind as me, where all other people are also in the same mind. So mind is fragmented rather than the outside world. Outside world is okay. Mind very different, okay. But when you just strongly say, I, this is me and I have to be loved. And that can only happen when there is a me. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. We are uh, out of time. So we just want to just close up. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. I'm just going to call on some people who have not spoken. If anybody wants to speak, there's a Miss Maria we haven't heard from, Miss Mia we have not heard from. There's a Miss Rosemary, and then there's Mr. and there's Dr. Vinny Krupalu on uh, on the call. There's somebody else also without a name on there. So if anybody else wants to speak, this is the time. This is the time. Please, please go ahead and make any comments you want before before we turn it over to, to Dr. Chetna Krupalu for her for her closing. Anybody there that wants to talk? Okay. See, they are all they're so enlightened that they cannot speak now. They're gone beyond language. So. <laughs> So, so we have to listen to them. That's what it is. There we go. Just kidding. Yes, well, thank you all very much. Uh, Dr. Chetna Prakapalu, please go ahead. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on today and spending your valuable time with us. It was such an interesting dialogue. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how to summarize. I don't think I can summarize. I'm only <laughs> going to say what I feel and uh, keep it short. So I, and I agree a little bit with everybody, actually, honestly. But my experience or my realization would be that uh, love is a state is a constant state and you know uh, it's beautiful and um, it's perfect uh, like many of you said and mind or the function of the mind is what causes a distortion a lot of times which causes us to get away uh, from that perfect state and that's again um, like mr pratap said if you go deeper um, everything is in the mind there's nothing, you know, and that is what causes the problem. So if we learn, even if even the realization of that comes with when you watch yourself, you know, watch your mind, the way it functions, what it does, and you know how it forms images, how you it forms all these images about people, about reality, what you experience in your life. So I think if we even keep in close watch on that, we would understand how we fall off, you know, periodically as we go along. And um, that image is what causes a problem. So, of course, it's important to use that body and mind to our advantage when we need it, the way we need it to function in this world. And that's the challenge. You know, that's where we're able, sometimes we get so caught up in our mind, we think that is the reality at that time. And that's what confuses us because there's so much fragmentation, different parts of mind saying different things, and we can't keep it uh, whole or clear and that's why we kind of battle over these things and it keeps changing so a um, little bit of whatever I, I think my realization but again thank you so much I really really am grateful thank you every one of you so tomorrow is our 6 o'clock meditation um, and I really hope I see a lot of you there uh, thank you thank you thank you it's such an honor for having each and every one of you so good night, good night, and I hope you have a great night and tomorrow till we see each other again. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B